0: had gone so haywire that they required massive government intervention. Pretty much everything Greenspan said about how this system was supposed to work was wrong. In fact, it is now clear that because of the way the system was designed, losses and failures could only create massive, widely distributed losses. The disaster was not a bug, but an inevitable feature of the financial operating code Greenspan had helped write. Within a few months, in the summer and fall of 2008, financial players large and small, rogues and respected elders, blue collar and white shoe, suffered a host of stunning, appalling, nauseating forces majeures, a deluge of Category 5 perfect storms. When the subprime lending industry began to go tapioca in early 2007, the authorities assured us that the financial problems were confined to the unsavory business of making high-interest loans to marginal individual borrowers. But a year later, as the presidential election careened toward its frenzied finish, the lethal virus had infected the nation's entire financial system. The government nationalized the two largest lending institutions, Fannie Mae, the Federal National Mortgage Association, and Freddie Mac, the Federal Home Loan Mortgage Corporation, and effectively took control of the nation's largest insurance company, AIG, American International Group, by extending more than $100 billion in loans to the stricken company. The nation's fourth-largest investment bank, Lehman Brothers, filed for Chapter 11, triggering a gut-wrenching chain of events that forced the federal government to step in and guarantee money-market mutual funds, heretofore the safest place to stow cash this side of a mattress. Giant commercial banks, including Washington Mutual and Wachovia, effectively failed with the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, the FDIC, brokering their sales at nominal prices to larger banks. A couple dozen smaller banks simply were eaten by the FDIC, whose primary role is to insure deposits in banks and thrift institutions. In September, after a few tense weeks of negotiations and grinding market volatility, Congress approved a $700 billion bailout of the nation's financial system but Treasury Secretary Henry M. Paulson's plan to deploy that cash to buy toxic mortgages was quickly abandoned in favor of injecting funds directly into large banks. Not to be outdone, the Federal Reserve committed $500 billion to buy mortgage-backed securities issued by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and also offered to backstop commercial paper and other debt issuance by private companies. Because foreign investors traded heavily in mortgage-backed securities, the financial agony went global. In the last quarter of 2008, staid British banks, grasping Russian oligarchs, German corporate monarchs, French finance companies, and Spanish home lenders, began to falter from the most deadly infection to hit the continent since the bubonic plague of 1348. Iceland's banking system, which had amassed foreign currency debt equal to eight times its gross domestic product, keeled over, plunging the entire island nation into bankruptcy. The potential cost, so far, to America's taxpayers? Up to eight trillion dollars and counting. Meanwhile, back in the real world, the shrinking portion of the economy not controlled by the government, Large companies like Linens and Things and the Tribune Company, staggering under debt loads piled onto them by private equity buyers, went bankrupt. Hedge funds, the exclusive investment vehicles for the ultra-rich that had come to dominate the money culture, began to block investors from withdrawing cash, lest the funds be forced into liquidation. A decade of rising inequality is being capped off by an oddly egalitarian moment wherein the private equity firm that owns Chrysler and the automaker's workers are suffering proportional losses. The cherry on top of this miserable Sunday? In December, former NASDAQ chairman Bernard Madoff, whose investment firm had quietly racked up steady, too steady, it turns out, returns for well-heeled clients for decades, revealed that his $15 billion empire was nothing more than a Ponzi scheme. From Trump on down, it seems, everybody who thought big this century has gotten his ass kicked. Humble observers cannot indulge in too much Trumpenfreude, joy at Donald Trump's suffering, because the damage has spread. To